Welcome, dumbheads, to MDC, the Mega Dumbcast. In this final leg of Season 5, I'm reading my way through every single goddamn page in The Revenge of Kang, the final module in the Time Warp Adventure series for TSR's Marvel Super Heroes role-playing game. And as I do, I'm identifying the dumbest thing on each page. Every episode is one page, every episode is short. The Revenge of Kang was written by Ray Winninger and was published in 1990. Today we're discussing page one of The Revenge of Kang, but perhaps more importantly, today I am warning you about The Revenge of Kang. Don't be scared, I just want you to be ready. The first thing you'll notice if you look at the table of contents for The Revenge of Kang is that this book is fucking enormous. If you had a physical copy, you would already know that, but it's easy to miss in a PDF until you look at all this text crammed in here. The Weird Weird West had 28 chapters. This book has 38 chapters. It is 64 pages plus covers and a fold-out map, and it is dense. Well, let me clarify. Don't think of it in terms of density. Think of it in terms of parts per million. It's not necessarily packed with what you would expect it to be packed with, but there are other things that you would expect to find in trace amounts that are here in such high quantity. If your drinking water had these levels of non-water trace materials in it, your children would have eye stocks. This book is a contradiction. This book is mostly not this book. So, okay, I've got to spoil a thing for you a little tiny bit, and there are going to be lots of reveals in this long-ass adventure, so I don't feel too bad about spoiling something that is given away on the back cover. I'll give it to you in the exact text from the back cover, because my youth was shaped by oppressive legalism. Quote, what if the Fantastic Four were never born? How many other heroes would be affected? Who would die? Who would not decide to become a hero? Who would switch sides and become a villain? This is what Kang wants to happen. He and his alternate reality duplicates have targeted the early 1960s as the time-space to begin their, his, domination of the planet Earth. The plan? To eliminate the heroes of the 20th century, to make life easier for Kang. Lots easier. So our heroes are not going to figure out what Kang is up to here for some time, but we know from the cover, which is great because it allows us to pass judgment. Let's look at the table of contents by the numbers. So we begin with the introduction on page two, the player characters on page four, the friendly NPCs on page six, the enemy NPCs on page 13, and then chapter one on page 17. That does mean that the first 16 pages of this 64-page adventure book are front matter and stat blocks. That's a total of 13 pages of stat blocks, comprising 29 characters, of whom 10 are villains who appear in exactly one scene. Minor spoiler, it's the same scene. If you thought the author managed to waste a lot of perfectly good villains in one inconsequential scene last time, he's outdone himself this time. Just wait. So that accounts for 10 of the 29 stat blocks that start this book, and we'll use some of those stat blocks Many of those villains are going to end up being fought by NPCs in the only scene in which they appear. So a lot of these stat blocks you literally would never look at once in running this adventure, but some of them you would use. As for the others, one of them is a stat block for a non-combatant with no exceptional abilities who appears in only the last four pages of the adventure, which, by the way, some groups will not play. Um, the last part of this book is only for players who have played the whole adventure path. So already, if you're a person who didn't buy all this in World War II or the Weird Weird West, and you just bought this adventure book to buy an adventure, because maybe you like Kang, you get 43 pages of adventure in this 64-page book, plus 13 pages of stat blocks, about a third of which you won't be using. But after the NPCs, on page 17, our time travel adventures begin, as we notice the first clues 
of Kang's nefarious plot. We won't be returning to this until page 37. The intervening pages, and you're going to be shocked, are an unrelated cul-de-sac starring an alien race of the author's own invention. But then, on page 37 of this 64-page book, this book starts being about what this book is about. I also want to point out that in those 13 pages of stat blocks, we also have two pages of once again reprinted stats for Vision, Scarlet Witch, and Moon Knight, which are still wrong. And also, for reasons we'll get into much later, not only does the plot advertised on the back cover start late, but it ends early. We stop dealing with that on like page 59. So this thing about Kang deciding to take down Marvel superheroes in the 1960s before they can become superheroes, that's a cool adventure that we only really do for like 22 pages in the middle of this book. It's very telling and very appropriate that if you find the exact midpoint of this book on the table of contents, you will find that it falls between chapter 11, The Test of Courage, and chapter 12, The Well of Pain. Those are the last couple of chapters of irrelevant alien bullshit before we start talking about Kang again. That's a long time in the future. The dumbest thing, and I feel angry about this on your behalf, is that we're going to have to wait until then to actually get into the reason we'd want to talk about this book. But we will get there. And until then... You bring the courage, and I'll bring the pain. Join me next time, when the author accidentally raises a very good question about how a time traveler would handle Thor on MDC, the Mega Dumbcast. This has been MDC. New episodes drop every day except for Sundays, when all the previous week's episodes drop in one big megasode on the top-secret, patrons-only RSS feed. If you'd like to get access to that feed and support the show, go to patreon.com slash megadumbcast. Contact me however you want. I am Megadumbcast on Twitter, Gmail, Podbean, your favorite podcatcher, etc., etc. This episode's music, used under Creative Commons license, is Take Us to the Nearest Starbase by Astrometrics, whose work you can find at soundcloud.com slash astrometricsband.